Active and Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sobic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once, but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, you all. So I have kids and families who walk into my office all the time asking for help with lots of different things. Maybe the kid's having a meltdown, is feeling depressed, they're crying a lot, worrying, following directions, a million different reasons. And no matter what the reason, the first thing I talk to parents about is increasing the quality and frequency of the time that we spend with our kids. Simply, how do we as busy parents with lots of demands and frequently multiple kids, get the most bang for our buck when we're with our kids. And the reason that I teach this is because lots of research demonstrates that adding in something called special time can lead to lots of different outcomes, increased self-esteem in your child, improved academics, increased emotion regulation and empathy. It also encourages communication and family bonds for everyone. And ultimately, you know, part of the reason why many of us had kids is because we do want to have relationships with them and we do want to spend time with them. Our kids truly need us in different ways and at different times in their lives, but but they do need us to be there and to plug into them. And the research on the special time intervention is really, really specific. Some folks also call it the 10-minute miracle, and it really can be miraculous for your child. But I teach it in a way that is very, very different, I think, than a lot of practitioners are teaching it in their offices. And the reason I do that is because the special time intervention is really, really structured and really, really regimented. It includes daily 10 minutes with your child where you totally follow their lead. Um, You would call it the kid's name, so Robbie time. You set a timer, you don't go over it, and the kids always know it's going to be consistent and reliable, and they feel secure knowing that they're going to have your attention. And that sounds amazing, and believe me, I wish I could do that. But the problem for me, and I think the problem for lots of folks out there, is that even just hearing this can feel downright impossible and overwhelming. If you told me that I had to spend a consistent 10 minutes every day with each of my children, I would know that I was going to fail. And so the idea is, is we don't want to set you up for something that you're going to fail. We want to set you up for something that you can do every single day in a way that's going to work for your family. It's going to work for you and it's going to work for your kids. And it does not have to be a full 10 minutes. 
Again, the reason that I make it kind of basic and I simplify it is because I want you to be able to be consistent about it and I want you to do it every day. It really is about putting into practice something that your kids can rely on. So the way I do this is I work opposite. I like to figure out what's the easiest, most effective way to build in special time that doesn't feel quite so strict. If the strategies work for your kid at a baseline level, keep them up and maybe you don't have to get into the kind of more intense regiment of it all. And if it doesn't work at that level, we just slowly increase how structured you are about the special time. No big deal. Again, the idea is to find something that you can do every day and a way you can truly connect with your children in a way that makes them feel seen. It won't work if you kind of put all the time together and say, I'm just going to go on one long date with my kid on the weekend. The beauty in this, the magic and the importance is really in the consistent day-to-day interactions. So The first step is to show your kids that you are truly present. And really what that means is putting your phones down. That is totally okay. But be really, really present with the kid that you're with and also no interruptions for other kids. So I always start by making sure that I sit down with each of my kids every day. And I really mean sit down. I might only sit down for 30 seconds or a minute, But the power of sitting down is showing your child that you are fully present with them. And and think about it. To be honest with you, when you think about it, how often do you sit down? I never sit down. I'm walking around the kitchen. I'm cleaning things, mostly cleaning things. So when I do this and sit down, it is sending a different message to the kid. It's saying, you are my priority right now. When another kid interrupts, you just say, give me a second, I'm sitting with Ravi right now, or actually I'm talking to Ravi, or um, come back in a few minutes, this is really important. So you're setting a boundary around the time that you are giving whoever you sit down with and you are present with. So if my six-year-old is playing cars on the floor, I sit down with him and I might ooh and ah over what he's doing. If my nine-year-old is coloring at the counter or even just kind of sitting eating a snack, I will sit down in the seat next to him. Even though I see a huge mess in front of me that I want to clean, I will sit down right there. And if my 12-year-old is doing homework or reading, I literally just go and sit right next to them on the couch. I don't even say anything sometimes. I just go in there and sit and I'm like, he can talk if he wants to. So it's just being there. And the sitting down thing actually works. Each kid gets it at a different time in my house and in a different way. So I'm not going through this explanation of now it's Robbie time. Now it's West time. I'm essentially giving them that presence, giving them that time, but I'm not being as, I'm not highlighting it as much. So if I don't do it, it's not like they totally miss it. I also try really hard to think about each one of my kids' love languages. Again, I'm trying to get the most bang for my buck with each kid, and I'm trying to make each one of them feel seen and important. And what better way to do that in the way that they want to be seen and they think is important about themselves? So I think about what do they like to do? How do they feel love? For some kids, it's verbal, some kids, it's physical, and and some, you don't even have to talk. It's just being there. Um, And I'm not talking about the real love languages. I'm more thinking about 
what do each of my children like to do and how do they feel special and seen when they're with me? So my youngest kid loves to chat. If you know him, you know this about him. We chat every night before bed. He tells me all of the things. I also like to chat. So this is really easy for me to engage in. It's his time. He knows it. He relies on it. And he saves up a lot of stuff to chat with me about at the end of the night. And because we both know that this is our time, I build in a ton of space for this bedtime routine. He loves to chat. That's our time. I I know it's going to take longer and I lean into it because I love to chat too and he really needs it. So my middle child is certainly more physical. He is way less of a chatter. And so to be honest with you, he's not a kid I sit down with now. I don't show my presence with him by sitting down with him all the time. I actually show my presence with him when we are outside playing a sport. Um, He loves to move his body. He loves to learn new things. I try to spend a few minutes every day throwing the ball to him, whether it's soccer or basketball. He loves it. I actually love it. And that's how we connect. And so really saying, okay, five minutes of throwing a soccer ball in the air to make this kid feel loved and seen is precious to me. Moreover, For all kids, this is the time that's preventing future meltdowns, right? So if I put the time in throwing a ball, even if it's raining or cold out, what I know is that the rest of the day, there's going to be fewer meltdowns. So I'd rather spend that time proactively. My oldest child, my 12-year-old, is a little trickier. He, We certainly get our carpool time together on certain days. But again, I'm not looking for these long kind of, you know, every other day or every three day thing, I really like to have a little bit every single day, but I have to be tricky with him. So he is a reader and a thinker. And a lot of what he is drawn to is more independent, but I've learned that I can engage him when I ask him for help or an opinion on something that I'm honestly, as an adult thinking about. So I'm constantly asking for business advice from him. And it might not mean that I'm taking his advice. Actually, to be honest with you, sometimes I do. He's got good ideas about business. He thinks I should open an office in the metaverse. And you know, he might not be wrong, but don't steal that idea. That's his. It's Cole's idea. Um, Go ahead, steal it. So I engage him on questions about my business. So where should I open? Where should we think about having a new office? Or how should I handle this difficult situation? Or or how do I increase visibility? Or how do I help more people? He's got thoughts and opinions on all of it. Even if I have my own thoughts and opinions, I engage him because that is how he is seen. And I really own awe over his opinions. They're really cool. Okay, so so far we've talked about being present. It's really about that one kid. We've talked about getting bang for your buck and finding your kid's love language. And the third thing I really focus on is to make it a judgment-free and teaching-free zone. This is not the time to have kids like count cars for you or say, show me the blue car. It's also not the time to be like, oh, how was that math test for you? Or have you done your homework? Or even ask them about anything that they have coming up because that's just going to lead to stress for everyone. You are literally just being with them, delighting in them wherever they are. 
So sometimes that means saying something like, oh, that sounds pretty important. Can you tell me more? Or that's super cool. I always like to say, oh, tell me more about that. It is truly a child-led time. In the case of teenagers, you might have to add in a little more of your own thoughts just to keep the conversation going. But again, I'm saying it again. Don't ask about like college or um, their next test or anything stressful, more just kind of like, you know, this is what I'm having with, or here's a football or whatever it is that is easy. And that's on their mind. It might even be watching YouTube. I hate to say it, but sometimes you can get a lot just by sitting with your kid and watching YouTube and then having them tell you about it. Oh, I also, guys, teenagers send memes as their love language. That is how, that is totally one of their love languages. So if you're a teenager is showing, sending you memes and you're like, they're not telling me anything about themselves. Actually they are because teenagers think of memes as art. And so they are communicating and showing you what they think is beautiful and interesting when they send that to you. So actually you can lean in and talk to them about stuff that you might not think is important, but is ultimately very, very important to them. You're going to learn some new things too. I mean, that's how I learned that teenagers think memes are art. Didn't know that, but I have 45, 50 minutes to sit with a kid and really lean into that. And that's what I've learned. So pretty soon after you start implementing these strategies, you're going to find that making this a priority is going to improve your relationship with your kid, likely reduce meltdowns. It'll make areas of difficulty a lot easier. And honestly, you are going to feel better. You will feel better because you are probably being closer to the parent that you want to be. And again, this helps prevent meltdowns. So the time that you spend towards this is likely going to decrease the amount of time that you might spend later in a situation that's just quite honestly not as fun. So if you're not spending a lot of like good quality time with your six-year-old, they're probably going to scream and have a meltdown and fit. Like I just had Robbie in the car screaming and meltdowning all of the things. Um, and I realized I just hadn't been kind of plugging in and spending enough focused time with him. So there are some other strategies that you can use if this kind of first level intervention doesn't work. Like if you have a kid that is having a particularly difficult time, meaning their meltdowns are more frequent or they're more intense, or maybe a teenager that is completely avoiding you, I might amp up the structure a little bit. And this is going to be a little harder on you as a parent to stay consistent. Consistency is key. So go slow with what you're adding because I want to make sure you can do it. My first step would be start labeling this as a plan that's going to happen every day. So we're going to get to chat together every night before bedtime. I love this time. This is amazing. This is our time. It's going to happen all the time. It's our special time, rain or shine. You all, if you say this, you're going to have to do it. So only say it if you mean it. If you have a kid, you can also play with the timing, right? So if you have a kid who has a meltdown around five o'clock every day, I would make sure to front load that kid's positive time as a priority over other kids' positive time. Give it to them before they would typically melt down. 
as a means of getting them what they need, that kind of one-on-one regulation with you before they're kind of demanding it by having a meltdown. For a lot of kids, it doesn't work to do it the second that they get home from school just because they're so tired. So finding that balance is going to be hard and you can play with it. But, but that's a strategy as well. And then the final addition that I would add would just be a timer. Um, you set it for 10 minutes. When the timer goes off, the time ends no matter what. And the reason for that is because the time frame becomes predictable. You won't go overboard one day because what you cannot do in this situation is do 30 minutes one day and then say, well, I don't have to do it the next day or the next day because I did 30. The idea, again, is consistency. So the timer keeps you kind of on track with that. There's also a clear signal to your kid about when to end it. Generally, to me, that feels like a little more formal to do it that way every day, but it can help if you need it. Um, So don't introduce it if the other strategies aren't working. So you all, to recap, you are going to spend one-on-one positive time with each of your kids every day. And we want you to get the most power and the most connection and bang for your buck that you can because it is so good for you and it is so good for your kid. And so you're going to prioritize being present. You're going to prioritize finding your kid's love language. And then you're going to prioritize being really kid-led time, non-teaching, non-judgmental zone. And when you are doing that every single day, You're going to do it every day with consistency. I promise you, you will see a lot of changes in how your kid's managing their emotions, their emotion, their empathy, how you're feeling about them and the connection. I hope this helps you all. I've got a few more kind of greatest hits of what I talk to parents about coming. So stay tuned and I hope you all have a great week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and share the Active and Connected Families podcast if you found this helpful. And if you or someone you love are interested in therapy, you can find out more about our practice at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. Again, that's www.virginia, all spelled out, therapy.com. Thanks again.